ever Hartlepool United Supporters Trust podcast. You may recognise my voice from the Pools podcast, as myself and Phil Dunn kept you up to date with all things Pools, but I set out for that podcast to be positive and motivating for fans, and I think the negativity and turmoil around the club became even too much for myself. Frustration, anger and two Pools fans mourning, in my opinion, wouldn't have made for great listening. That coupled with the ever-evolving situation at Pools meant that the bad news at the club simply moved too fast to comment on. Hopefully soon the Pools podcast will be back, but until then, I've turned to more pressing matters. The survival of the club. We see this platform as another way of communicating with fans and members, trying to keep everyone up to date and well informed. So on this Trust podcast, I'm joined by... Andy Wilson, fundraising director. And... Joe Grails, secretary. So, Andy, why a podcast? As a board of the Trust, we felt that we've struggled in recent times to catch the eye of the younger generation so we're thinking we need to we, we need to move away from being dinosaurs and get into the modern world and use a podcast to get down with the kids so to say. Uh, so what we're going to be talking about on this podcast today? This one today we'll talk about um, fundraising. Uh, we've got a couple of events coming up in the next few months so we just want to raise the profile of those a little bit um, and we'll give a, a rough or a quick update where we where we stand as a as a board of the trust in general. Okay. So the first thing I'm going to ask you about is that the books have been released. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, John? Uh, yes. We, as a trust, we've signed a non-disclosure agreement um, to keep things that were released to us private, of course, as far as we, we have to. Um, and after that was signed, the information that Nick Igo, who is... Um, a consultant to Supporters Direct and is an ex-finance director for West Ham, very knowledgeable guy in the football and finance field. He is making his way through the books, doing a due diligence on them to try and see just where where we are with them to see the trust could be wanting to do with it. So I guess we're going to hear in the next couple of weeks and we'll take it from there. Yeah, we're looking to hear from him. I know he's working on it daily and I know he's getting information that he's asking for um, so hopefully within the next couple of weeks we'll have his report Okay, so the next question I'm going to ask you Andy is about the Fighting Fund, just want some information on what is it and how are we looking at the minute? Right, um, once the club was put up for sale the sole objective of the trust back from back in the day was to hopefully gain a seat on the board of directors of Hartlepool United Football Club um, to do this, obviously, you need a pot of cash to go knock on the door to say we have some cash. Um, but back in going back sort of 12, 18 months, we didn't feel that we needed that that input for us to be immediately on the board. Um, Pam came in, got rid of the X-ray, the old regime, and everything seemed to be looking rosy. Then the announcement of the club being up for sale came along. And as a trust, we felt that we needed some cash sooner rather than later um, to save the whole fiasco of your TMHs and your Gary Coxall and JPNG coming in. So we set ourselves a target of trying to raise £100,000 and we're classing this as our fighting fund. We're, we launched that uh, middle to the end of Jan- was the end of January. Yeah, we, we launched that at the end of January um, and... As of last week, we have 
um, roughly £14,500 through cash or cheque donations made direct to the Trust. And we have a fighting fund on Supporters Direct's website, which, as it stands, has roughly um, £3,000 in there. Um, Memberships have gone up slightly, which, again, the membership funds is ring-fenced for your general day-to-day running of the Trust. Um, And that, coupled with all of the fighting fund, the Trust roughly stands to have... 33 and a half grand in the bank to date um, but the idea behind the fighting fund like I say was initially set up um, so that we come across to any potential investor that's looking at the club um, that would like fans on board um, we can show them that we've got a, a fairly decent pot of cash to stand as a creditable organisation to help move into partnership with the new 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 owner and to be there to represent the the voice of the fans of this great club. So, Andy, what are some of the fundraising initiatives that we're looking at to help the fighting fund? Uh, we've got an event planned on Saturday, the tenth of March, in the Catholic Club. Uh, that's our first one. That will be the Heroes of nineteen ninety three. Um, a little bit of pointless trivia: Hartlepool United, the heroes of that year, were one of the first, if not the first teams to knock a Premier League uh, club out of the FA Cup um, solely because the Premier League was in its infancy in its first season that year. Um, We've got 90% of that squad back together and they've all agreed to come up for the evening. Um, We've also got a top-class comedian on on the evening. Um, So we sort of urge you to come along to that evening, that event, listen to the tales. The guys will be telling all stories that people may or may not have heard. Like you say, there's a comedian on there, and from that night, we're hoping to put some valuable cash into the into the fighting fund. Outside of our fighting fund, though, um, we have agreed to donate half of the proceeds to Keith Nobbs's football in the community, as it's um, commonly known. Um, since relegation from the football league, that organisation's lost in the region of thirty. Thirty-five, thirty-six thousand pounds a season uh, a year. So, again, as a community benefit society that the trust is, we feel it's only right that Keith Nobbs's football in the community can benefit from the event as well. Especially as Keith was part of the squad of nineteen ninety-three. Um, so we're doing our little, our own little bit to put a bit back into the community as well. And just give us that date and time again. It's Saturday, the tenth of March, at the Catholic Club. 7 o'clock start, seven o'clock meet for a 7.30 start and Hartlepool are at home to Boreham Wood on that afternoon. So will we be celebrating or commiserating a win or a defeat after? Uh, well, if Saturday is anything to go by, we should be... Um, hopefully we've learned how to defend and we should be able to keep a, a, a three-goal cushion. <laughs> That's this Saturday, not any other Saturday this season. Uh, yeah. OK. So, Andy, any other events where we'll be trying to raise some money and raise the profile of the trust? Yes, we've got like like we've like we've discussed. We've got the uh, ninety three reunion coming up in March. In April, we're in talks to host another legends type day or night. Uh, more information once we get security around that of um, the guys that are going to attend, etc., etc. That will be released. 
that's April. In May, we have a golf day planned. Um, again, we're just waiting on the golf club to give us the date that we're that we're aiming for. But we're aiming for a Thursday or a Friday on that one. And with that, you can either enter a team of a four ball, or if you were to put a three ball or less, we will make your team up with an ex pools or northeast legend um, former player. Um, and they'll go around and you can have a great day talking to those about stories and uh, I'm sure on the golf course the guys will be a bit more relaxed and you'll get some some, some gossip uh, yes interesting gossip. gossip shall we say <laughs> yeah, or, or typical dressing room banter um, then leading into June we've got a tournament planned um, which will see a national tournament from trusts from all over the UK descending on Sunny Old Seaton Carew and the Domes. Um, that's going to be an all-day event on a, on Saturday the 16th of June. Um, anybody that fancies playing, please get in touch. Um, but we are asking that if you want to play in that tournament, you are registered as a member of the Trust. Um, that's the only one stipulated rule we've got for all Trusts because at the end of the day, it is a Trust event and we want to um, swap stories fundraising ideas, anything trust-related to say, this worked for us, that didn't work for us, it sort of did, but it didn't, just sort of don't waste your time. Um, and then that's pretty much it for this this side of this season, um, with a season launch party and a, a, a sportsman's dinner with an absolute legend planned for August. Excellent, sounds good. So... Is there anywhere where people can go to get more information about some of the events that is going on? Yes, um, obviously follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The the Supporters Trust page on Twitter, just simply select a a request and um, we'll accept your invitation uh, request. Follow us on Twitter um, or just go direct to our website, which is www.hufcsupporterstrust.org.uk. Right, let's get down to business because I think a lot of people will be wanting to know what's going on at the club and I know it's very difficult because it's ever-changing changing on a daily basis. But I want to ask you just a few questions so we can inform people um, from the Trust's point of view exactly what's going on with them and the club at the minute. Yep. At the minute, is Hartlepool United in discussions with anyone about a takeover? Um, from Pam's programme notes on Saturday gone... Um, we believe so. Um, we also hope so. As a trust board, um, I'm sure as any other Hartlepool United fan also, we would love in an ideal world for a new owner to be found um, and one that would be willing to work with the fans of the club um, and the supporters' trust. With with almost 1,100 members and increasing daily, um, we believe we do have a voice of the fans of this great club. So are the Trust in talks with anyone at the minute about a potential takeover? We have held discussions with a consortium and we are in regular dialogue with those guys. Maybe it's updated once or twice weekly um, and we're also sharing where we currently stand with our fighting fund and the, the possibility of becoming part of that consortium that's looking to potentially take over the club or approach the club. And we know that Chris Musgrave was having a look at the club, but didn't particularly like what he saw. He seems to have gone away. The question is, if we can't find an investor and the money runs out, 
What next? Well, we were hopeful on the Christmas grave deal uh, that that was going to go ahead. But as everyone's seen with his statement, it did start to ring, uh, make the alarm bells ring. But with us having almost 1,100 members in the, in the in the trust, it would be irresponsible of us as a board not to have planned for every eventuality. So we've planned for the potential takeover of a night a night in a shining armour to walk in and take the club on. From that, we will be knocking on the door to try and get a seat on the board or become a representation of, of that. We have planned for administration or looked at the consequences of administration and or liquidation and we're also looking at what it is going to involve in resurrecting the club via the Phoenix Club. Um, although that, although we are working on the possibilities and the uh, eventualities of the Phoenix Club, it is not one that we that we want. Um, but to maintain football in this fo- in this town, uh, if a Phoenix Club is the only way forward, then we are hopeful that. If the time comes, which again, I, I can't stress enough that we don't want that time to come, we will be planned for that. So in an ideal situation, someone will ride in with a pot of gold, give it to the club and we'll be able to take over. But from what you're saying, it's still important that the trust, whoever the owner comes in, is that the trust still has a say in representing the fans with that new board, with that new owner. Ideally, yes. Okay, reason enough to join the trust. So, if people have listened to the podcast and they kind of believe in what the trust's doing, but they are yet to become a member of the trust, how would they go about becoming a new member? Um, you can drop into the corner flag on any match day where at least four or five of the the board sort of congregate from one thirty onwards before a game. Um, you can go online and join via our website. Again, the address for that is www hufcsupporterstrust.org.uk and there is a section there from membership and you can just join direct from that point there or if you go on online and just drop either of us an email or do it via Facebook or Twitter and just say I want to join we can also give you the bank bank details for you just to do a backs transfer send over your details and we'll join you up and how much is it to join? it is £20 for under 65s and obviously over 16s. So 16 to 60 is £20 for the first year, uh, which is a £10 joining fee and a £10 annual subscription. The following year obviously goes down to £10. We do a junior membership, which is under 16s, which is basically uh, £1 registration and £1 per year thereafter. And with that, you get a selection box at Christmas. No voting rights, obviously. Uh, yes, but you don't get a voting right, obviously, because you're under 16. Uh, we do an over 60s membership, which is £15 for the first year, which £10 of that includes your registration, and it's £5 um, per year after that. And like I said, a family membership, you can also join with two adults and two juniors, which is £40 for the first year, £20 of that is your registration, um, and then it's £20 a year every year after that. Obviously, if you've got two juniors, there's two selection boxes at Christmas. Uh, We also offer corporate membership. So if there's any companies within the town that are listening to the podcast, 
We it is one hundred and fifty pound for the first year, um, and then following that, it's a hundred pounds per year. With the corporate membership, you will get your company logo on our website with a link from the logo direct to your own website. Um, any stationery that we send out, so via our emails, um, Twitter account, everything like that, Facebook, your company logo will be there as well. So, um, again, corporate membership is something that we are keen to build, just to show that the towns or the businesses around uh, the the businesses around the town are in favour of what we are doing to ultimately to get a seat on the board and a voice for the fans of the club. So just to summarise what's going on with the Trust at the minute, the reason we're doing the podcast is to keep as many people updated as possible. There's lots of different events going on, and you can find that event information on the Hartlepool United Supporters Trust website, the different social media platforms that have been mentioned in the podcast. And they continue to build a fighting fund for that rainy day scenario in case we need a Phoenix club. But in the meantime, the Trust continue to communicate with investors in the hope that someone will be able to come in and take the club over. However, if that's not possible, the Trust are working unbelievably hard to prepare for the worst-case scenario. As part of that, the Trust have had the books released and continue to analyse those, and we'll get the findings back soon and update you on the next podcast.